All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, a wonderful Friday. It's Positive Friday. Welcome to the Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440, and Oilers Nation YouTube. Welcome to the show. How are you? I hope you are having yourself a wonderful day. The Gregor Show, as always, is presented by PlayAlberta.ca, a light night in the National Hockey League, uh, the NBA, but uh, tomorrow, of course, a full slate of games, including the Oilers and the Senators. And if you've yet to try your luck, uh, the odds boost, uh, you want to go up in-game parlays, in-game action, you can do it all at PlayAlberta.ca, or you can just play the uh, casinos or the lotteries, and uh, how about... uh, Uh, A lady from Yellowhead County, a winner of $1 million at PlayAlberta.ca. So maybe it'll be you. Good luck, PlayAlberta.ca. And, of course, it's uh, Lotto Max. Always, always fun. If uh, Well, especially if you're the winner. Still waiting. But uh, tonight, $40 million. The Elias Pedersen of lotteries tonight at PlayAlberta.ca. The U.S. victorious. At the World Juniors over Sweden, uh, they will uh, go through the tournament undefeated, and uh, they win. And I'm sure now, get ready for an onslaught of articles from Americans uh, saying that they're close. They could compete with Canada. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what? U.S. is good. You win a tournament, good for them. They deserve it. But I still don't think if you put the truly best on best, which it sure would be nice to see, wouldn't it? Like, my goodness, how the, how is it that we're on now coming up to one month shy of 10 years since you've had a true best on best tournament? Now, we did have the, you know, in 2016 where you had some players, the young guns who, who weren't on the team. So it was close, but still, 
It's been a long time, and it's somewhat embarrassing that uh, the NHL, the NHLPA can't figure out a way to have a tournament with best on best. Like, come on, let's get it going here. You don't need Russia. I'm sorry, you don't. Right? You don't need them. Doesn't change. I don't think anybody's saying, oh, the U.S. didn't have Russia, so it doesn't count. No. I uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it, but it sure would be nice to see uh, best on best. Hey, I'd love to see Canada-U.S. in a final. Nothing better than spanking the U.S. in the final. It'd be unbelievable. I don't know what it is. It's just Like the U.S., it's the one team I always really cheer for to lose. I like it when they lose. I just do. So, But they, hey, they're full marks. They're a very good team. Very good team. But uh, just like when Canada wins, I always say don't. Don't take a bunch of uh, you know eighteen-year-olds and nineteen-year-olds and say, "Well, that means that nation's the best." Especially when a most nations never have all their full arsenal there. Especially Canada this year, Connor Bedard, Korchinski, and others. Eh, they'd probably make the team a little bit better, I would think. So, there you go. Uh, some odd news around the Edmonton Oilers, and specifically the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, they were set to play games tonight and tomorrow, but both games have been postponed. So uh, Dylan Holloway will have to wait to play. The uh, There is a main break at the Pechanga Arena, which affects the event level, and both games this weekend in San Diego have been postponed. Uh, no makeup dates have been determined just yet. So the, uh, the Condors actually have a lot of games to play. So uh, where they'll try to slide these two in, I'm not sure. But uh, they will uh, head home, and I guess you can practice tomorrow. Uh, just an extra day of practice for the Condors until they play again next weekend. So, uh, Holloway was uh, set to play center tonight on line, but uh, he will not. Uh, he will not be going tonight anyway. So we'll see. Uh, actually, actually, he was set to play with uh, Lane Peterson and Raphael Lavoie, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, they'll have to wait a little bit longer to see that. Uh, the Edmonton orders uh, no uh, lineup changes tomorrow night against uh, Ottawa. Sam Gagne will not play, but he will be uh, available on the upcoming road trip. Although uh, you also heard Chris Knobloch mention that the, they're looking at recalling a defenseman for that road trip. So in order for that to happen, uh, they got to send somebody down. So uh, there'll likely be a, a roster move by the Edmonton orders on, uh, on Sunday. If uh, they're going to bring up a defenseman because they don't have, a, they don't have space Unless someone, unless there's someone injured that we're unaware of, they'll have to do it. The uh, skills competition went last night. Uh, my son and some of his uh, friends from our hockey team went. They loved it. Okay, they loved it. So fun. Cody Cece firing bombs, 102.3 miles an hour in the. Now we call it the hardest shot, but it's the hardest shot in a play that you'll never see in a game. Right? Because how often do you get to see a guy have the puck in the slot and then skate in untouched from the blue line and hammer it? <laughs> so I get why. You get a little bit more momentum and CC, hey, he can rip it. No question. But um, like I said, hey, the uh, the hardest shot is fun. It's great. Uh, they had the, I think the pup race might have been the uh, the highlight for lots of people. They watched the uh, the dogs race. And uh, Cody CC's dog won that one. So whew, pretty big night for the CC household. Proud dad, proud of himself. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, the accuracy shooter. Ryan McLeod, the fastest skater. Uh, Connor McDavid wasn't taking part in that. So I don't think anybody, uh, I think everybody knows who the fastest player on the Edmonton Oilers. Although, like, McLeod can really move. And I wonder how close it would be. Like, without a puck is different with the puck. I think that's what kind of separates McDavid is he doesn't really slow down when he has the puck. 
not that McLeod does, but even just a little bit might be the difference. But you know what? I might have to ask McLeod. Uh, you know, how close do you think it would be? I think it would uh, it would be pretty entertaining. And uh, you know, Darnell Nurse can skate pretty well. Brett Kulak's pretty quick. Vogel, but I'd still probably lean to McLeod being second, maybe. Definitely when you put crossovers in it, he can really roll, uh, accelerates out of the crossovers uh, quite well. So there you go. On the uh, program today, Steve Stales, the new general manager of the Ottawa Senators, will uh, join us, of course, uh, former Edmonton owner. And uh, we will talk with him about like the long-term plan in Ottawa. And how do you, how do you turn it around? Because as Oiler fans can attest, it isn't necessarily easy. Especially when I think Ottawa has some very good players, but they don't have an elite player. Now, Stutzel might become elite. Maybe. He had a 90-point season already. That's pretty good. But will he, like, to me, elite is Drysaddle, Kucherov, McKinnon, Matthews, McCarr, McDavid, right? Like, that to me is like elite. David Pasternak's an elite goal scorer. Right, Bergeron was an elite two-way player. I don't think Ottawa has that. And that makes it more difficult. Now, you don't need an elite player by any stretch to, to win. But, you know, you like anybody in Ottawa, like they got lots of potential, no question. Stutzel, how good can he be? And a lot of people are high on Josh Norris if he can stay healthy. Like Sanderson on the back end is a dynamic player. I don't think there's any debate about that. He's really good, but will he be elite? I don't know. Maybe. They got potential for sure. But I think that's that's the challenge there is they've they've got some good players, but they lack like a true elite player. And they have struggled defensively as a team. So we'll talk to uh, Steve Stales about that. Craig Button uh, will be by. Talk some uh, World Juniors and more. Uh, Spec uh, LT will be by. Lorianne Munzer, of course. Uh, Cam Tate with the uh, two-minute warning. Wanya Gretz will co-host with us from uh, 4 until 6. We have a special guest joining us in studio in the uh, 3 o'clock hour. You'll, yeah, I can tell you right now, you'll want to be around for that. Okay, at 3.20 today. So that uh, we just got confirmation uh, literally moments ago. Uh, in regards to that. So uh, that's all coming up. As always, you can um, text us 833-401-1440. 833-401-1440. Our uh, Ewell inbox. Of course, uh, Ewell uh, live in the Ewell studio, which is your local electrical Distributor, and not only do they distribute you all the electrical stuff you need, they also right now have some storage space. So if you have a project that's being delayed, and sadly we know how common that is, and you don't have a place to store your stuff, well, they've got extra storage space for you to use. E-W-E-L dot C-A. Uh, big weekend coming up in the National Football League. Whoo, some win and you're in games, baby. Losing, you're out. Of course, uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and then the Houston and Indianapolis will go tomorrow, two games, and then a full slate of games on uh, Sunday, which ends with the Bills and the Dolphins for second seed in the AFC. And in a crazy way, the Bills could win that game and finish second. They could lose the game and miss the playoffs. Man, they could be they could be ten and seven and miss the postseason. Now I I think the odds are, are low, but it's just saying there's still a chance that uh, that, that could happen. So um, you know you've got uh, four playoffers uh, up for grabs in the uh, in the AFC and then in the NFC there's uh, there's two spots or sorry th- is there three there's three spots that are left in the uh, AFC my bad but uh, and then two 
up for grabs in the uh, NFC, the NFC South Championship, and the uh, the second uh, wild card spot are all up for grabs. The Buccaneers and the Saints, even the Falcons have a slim chance actually. To uh, they would have to beat the Saints and then have the Buccaneers lose, and uh, they could win their division. Not sure that's going to happen. The Bucks are playing the Panthers. Like, come on, Bucks. God, trust me. If you lose to Carolina, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. For sure. The Green Bay Packers, even the Vikings have a slight chance, although I think it's pretty low. But the uh, the Packers and uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So, uh, Con Man, how you doing? Greg, are doing great on this positive Friday. Thank you. Who do you see getting in in the NFC? Well, I mean, who do I... <laughs> To be honest with you, Gregor, I, I kind of hope we, we get it as it is. I hope the teams can handle their business and get the projections that we have right now. Bucks, Eagles, I don't want to see any other team coming out of the NFC South other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think the Saints or the Falcons, no chance. Don't want to see those teams. Um, I think Rams lines would be fantastic. Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford meeting in the playoffs after they were swapped for each other with the Detroit Lions being, you know, the home seed in this one or the the higher seed. I think that'd be fantastic. I think Green Bay Packers, Dallas Cowboys, like historically, that would be outstanding. So I hope it stays the exact same as it is. I I said it yesterday on the show. There are certain teams I just don't want to see get into the playoffs. Uh, Don't want to see, you know, those lower seeds or teams that are just kind of you know, there all the time uh, from the AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sick of seeing them in the playoffs. I don't want them to get in. So I'm just hoping it kind of holds the way it is right now. And we can get these matchups in the NFC on the AFC, a few different stories, but you asked well, the AFC NFC. So I'll stop there. So you have the Packers ahead of the Seahawks. I do. Yes. Okay. Sorry, 12. Sorry, Brad, if you're listening. But Oh, yeah, Slater's going to be uh, sending you some, going to be egging your car here. Soon. I'd like to see Jordan Love there. I'd like to see him, you know, from from what he had to do, wait so long to get under center and uh, kind of going through that drama with Aaron Rodgers. I'd love to see the Green Bay Packers get into the postseason here. Yeah. Um, hey, Gregor, maybe Kulak's injured. That's why I didn't uh, participate last night. Yeah, but if, if Kulak was injured, they would have recalled the defenseman already, right? So, um we're talking about bringing a seventh defenseman on the road just because if you get an injury to a forward, you can play 11 and seven if need be. But if you get an injury to a defenseman and you know, and you have 13 and six on the road, well, then the problem is you don't have a D man to, to bring in. So, and yes, you can bring him in because they play, don't play every second day, but then he probably doesn't get the practice based on timing and everything like that. So uh, it sounds like according to uh, Chris Knobloch, uh, they're looking to bring a seventh defenseman on the road trip. So there you go. Hey, Gregor, do you think the plan is for Holloway to play center what, eventually when he returns to the orders? Um, I'm not sure. That's a good question, Trev. I I think probably not would be my, uh, my initial reaction to that. I, I don't think it hurts at all. I, I think it would be something in an ideal world. Now, maybe if he plays, you know, for a month down in the American League, it's something you, can, you would consider. But... There's way more defensive responsibilities for your center. So I don't think they're going to have Dylan Holloway play third line center ahead of Ryan McLeod. I, I don't see it, especially come playoff time. Now, if you want Holloway to be your fourth line center, different conversation. Right? I, I think there's you, you could do it if he, if he plays, but he's got to play for, I think, at least a month. In the minors, you can't play him three games and then say, okay, this guy's going to be a center here. Like, I'm not sure that's the best thing for him, to be honest. So, you know, it's, it's good to have options 
right? A lot of times you use the regular season to just see what combinations work, right? Like Chris Knobloch even said, hey, eventually I expect Ryan McLeod to go back to center, right? Uh, maybe the chemistry slows down a bit or maybe they need a different matchup or something. But uh, I fully expect that Ryan McLeod will go back to the third line center. I, I think the benefit of Ryan McLeod playing with Leon Dreisaitl now is the Dreisaitl is really hammering home for McLeod to get a mindset of, you know, even if he, when he's a third-line player, to make more plays and not just chip and chase the puck, right? Possession is key in the NHL today. If you have it, you ain't getting scored on. It's just that simple. So, now, it doesn't mean you're scoring all the time, but it just limits your chance of getting scored on. So, you know what? You gain confidence, and it's like, McLeod, you know what? We don't need to see you chip and chase it all the time, right? Sometimes maybe you stop up. We don't need to see you circle around the net all the time either, right? So there's different dynamics that you can work at, right? I have an article uh, up today with Ryan McLeod just talking about you know, going to the net is one thing, but he felt like the first few games he was going to the net, but he was just kind of spending shifts in front of the net and nothing was happening. So it's about learning and watching video of, okay, I'm in front of the net, but now I kind of got to escape and maybe get lost in the eyes of the defenseman, and then I can come back to the front of the net and be open. So it was an interesting uh, conversation with uh, Ryan McLeod, and uh, you can read about OilersNation.com. We played it yesterday, uh, parts of it on the show anyway. So um, we'll see. Gregor, Kucherov, don't use him. He doesn't matter. Kucherov doesn't matter, Mitchell? Yeah, the only guy outside of McDavid and Drysaddle to have uh, led the league in scoring in the last seven years. He's won a Hart Trophy. He's won uh, multiple Stanley Cups. He's a gamer. And uh, you're telling me he's not elite? Mitchell, I would love to play fantasy sports with you then. Oh, you know, I'm not taking Kucherov. He's not elite. <laughs> you're the only person on the planet who doesn't have Nikita Kucherov amongst the uh, the top five or ten forwards in the National Hockey League. Without question, he's elite. There's, It's not even, I'm sorry, it's not even a debate. Nikita Kucherov is elite in today's NHL. Without question, he's an elite player. No doubt in my mind. Greg, would you still consider Crosby and Malkin elite? Crosby's close the way he's playing. Right, if Jenny Malkin's still a really good player, but not, he's not elite anymore. But he was, he was an elite player for a very long time. He now is to me a very, very good, probably great player. I'd still say Malkin's a great player today, but Crosby is, Crosby's still close, man. Just what he does. All now he's not an elite offensive guy, but overall his, his game's pretty good. I, I think Crosby probably doesn't get enough kudos for how good he is defensively. So, but he would. He would, if he is elite, he's kind of on the low end now of elite, but obviously he was elite for a long time. Like, you got to think, this guy's been in the league now since 2006. It's a long time. It's hard to stay at that top, but man, he's close. He is, uh, is very close. So. Hey guys, Holloway's a one-dimensional player that won't last in the NHL. There's a long list of players who are stars in the NHL and can't buy a point in the NHL. Mike. Hmm. So. I would say, Mike, I think that's a very premature assessment of uh, of Dylan Holloway. First of all, uh, last season he played 51 games in the league and averaged about seven or eight minutes a night. I think it's uh, it's pretty difficult for any player to gain any track. He has played a grand total of 65 NHL games. He is uh, 22 years of age. And you're telling me that he's a one-hit wonder off of 65 games? It's a bold take, Cotton. I think it's uh, incredibly premature. No, no, the... No one can say how good Holloway is because you haven't seen him enough. 
because I don't even games played is misleading. Look at minutes played. Hasn't played very many minutes. Last year, I could argue he should have been better off playing more time in the American League. And then when they finally sent him down, it got unlucky. Got you know that didn't even look like anything crazy, and just you know had the shoulder injury off that hit. Health is a, is a, a bigger issue here, but I do think the best thing for Dylan Holloway, I would keep him in the minors now for month, two months. I would be in no rush to bring Dylan Holloway back up. Number one, the orders don't need him right now. They're winning. They're dominating. They don't need Dylan Holloway playing nine minutes. Is he going to make that significant of an impact more than Adam Ernie as your fourth line left winger right now? Considering he's going to play seven, eight, nine minutes a night. How is that going to help the orders? And more importantly, how does it help their development of Dylan Holloway? I don't think it does, but I think it's a, it's very premature to suggest that, that anybody knows, um, um, you know, what Dylan Holloway is after 65 NHL games in extremely limited minutes, extremely limited minutes. So, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, you know, but I, I'm one, I, like, I look at the big, I think way too many people underestimate how hard the NHL is. Oh, you're a top pick. You should automatically be there. No, look around the league, right? History says it's hard. Okay. It's very hard. To get in and play games and stay there consistently, like extremely difficult. So I would be, uh, I wouldn't be so quick to judge uh, Dylan Holloway's play right now. Just me, anyway. Uh, Two twenty-one. Take a quick break. Got a lot of more text flying in. Eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Also, uh, we are going to touch on uh, the Edmonton Orders, and uh, you can see why. Like the Edmonton Orders. Did you know this? Here's a fun little stat for you. In a pause of Friday. So on November tenth. After, which was a Friday, by the way, and today's a Friday. It's two months ago. Um, after a terrible loss to San Jose, which was a terrible loss for me as much as it was for the organization. Probably harder on me because the orders have gone on a great run since. All I've had to do is grow my hair, and it's terrible. It's good for everybody else. Got a lot of laughs. I got a lot of laughs at the rink the other day, so it's good times. But the Oilers, since that loss have the uh, most wins in the NHL at 17. They're 17 and 6. And in fact, in their last 16 games, they're 13 and 3. Best in the NHL by a fair margin. Most goals scored, tied for the fourth fewest goals given up. Their power play is 28.9%. Their penalty kill is 86%. Stuart Skinner has a uh, uh, is 11 and 2 in that run. And has a save percentage of 922. Every facet of their game is rolling right now for the Empton Orders. They were 20 points behind Vegas on November 10th. 20. Now they're 10 points behind Vegas with four games in hand. They've gained ground significantly. Remember, they were eight points out of a wild card spot. Right now they're two. And uh, because they, you know, and they have four games in hand on Seattle for that spot. The Orders have made up a significant amount of ground in two months. This this month of January, I've outlined that the orders have the easiest month of all the teams, L.A., Vancouver, Vegas, Seattle, Calgary, St. Louis, Arizona, Nashville, all the teams that they're either battling for in the Pacific or for the wild card. The orders have the easiest schedule. They only play 10 games and only have two against teams that are currently in the playoffs. And only one of them, Toronto, has a higher points percentage. This sets up for another dominant month for the orders. And when they come out of the all-star break, on February 5th, 
The Oilers will 100%, I'll say it today, be in a playoff spot. And more importantly, the gap amongst the top teams in the Pacific should be shrunk even more. Vegas plays eight teams in the playoffs this month. The Oilers play two. And Vegas has only one. They lost again last night to Florida. In their last 25 games, they are uh, they are struggling. So it's a, it's a positive Friday if you're an Oilers fan to look at where they, they are going to be. Now they need to be because the Oilers... Uh, down the stretch, they got a pretty hectic schedule. We'll get all of that more on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 228 on a positive Friday. How are you? Hope you're having an awesome day. Got uh, big plans for the weekend. Uh, order fans, Saturday night, uh, the Ottawa Center's in town. Their uh, GM, Steve Stales, will uh, join us after uh, 3 o'clock. So it's good times. Good times. Let's... Uh, Go around the NHL now, brought to you by McDonald's. And uh, stop in right now at, uh, at McD's because uh, they have the, uh, the new Hot Honey McCrispy for a limited time. Juicy, tender seasoned chicken, shredded lettuce, crispy jalapenos, and hot honey sauce. Try one today. At McDonald's, uh, our next guest, uh, someone tell me, huge fan, huge fan of the uh, Hot Honey. That was his nickname, actually, uh, back uh, back earlier when he worked in Edmonton. Uh, Jamie Thomas joins us. JT, how you doing? <laughs> I was like a I'm like a two cheeseburger French fry guy. So oh, I uh, love the double cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, so uh, good. God. <laughs> I, I worked with a guy at Sportsnet. We call him the Dalai Lama of fast food. If I, you just tell him I have ten dollars. Where can I go? And he would give you the full menu, exactly what you could buy for ten dollars. His name was Colin. He was legendary for that back in, uh, you know, a long time ago when I could actually eat cast food and not pay for it. <laughs> it is true. Like, there's a certain window yeah. in your life where you should really appreciate that you can eat it and there's no recourse for it. It's fantastic. No. So, um, yeah. that's why now when I dabble in it uh, every now and then, it's amazing. Like, I, I don't eat it nearly as fast as I used to because I like to cherish no. the times when I have the it. Slow, slow bite, the slow yeah. burn. Get the old happy meal just to go back to your childhood and, you uh. know sit there and open up the small fries, the yogurts, and uh, oh. good times. Make chicken and barbecue sauce, buddy. It's a game changer for me. Oh, so well good. done. Well so done, good. Sir. Actually, I had a meeting where I had a meeting at McDonald's uh, last month, mm-hmm. and as I left, they gave me a, like a free Big Mac coupon, and I just have it sitting there. I'm waiting for the day where I can have time to full. I can't remember last time I had a Big Mac, but God, I used to love them, so can't yeah. wait. So small things in life, JT. It's the small things in life. Yeah. That, uh, when you they graduate get... from the cheeseburger to the Big Mac, that's, yeah. a, that's a big day. It's a big moment for sure um it's been a pretty good time for the jets of course the jets uh tied with the oilers um since remembrance day for most wins in the national hockey league and you know what the the jets are good uh jamie i you know i I don't know if anybody discounted them but everybody always talks about colorado and dallas but it's the jets who have the best points percentage in that division they're one point back of the ass but they have two games in hand Uh, they're winners of four in a row they're eight oh and two in their last 10 how good is this team and is there any position that you think they'd be looking to upgrade come the trade deadline yeah i i think they're really good right and i think the unfortunate part you as you, as you kind of talked about is you know everyone's talking about colorado and dallas in the central and it was kind of that incident between cole perfetti and ryan hartman that got the kind of national attention for the winnipeg just for all the wrong reasons because i mean clearly that that's a bad incident and whatever happened happened, but you would like to see more, a little more respect nationally for the Winnipeg Jets uh, for how well they're playing right now. And then a lot of it stems from how well they defend. And I think a lot is lost in the fact that 
they're doing a lot of this right now without Connor, Kyle Connor in the lineup, their best goal scorer. So the, uh, the, the commitment to the defensive side of the game has really put them in a good position. They're comfortable in the game. They're comfortable if they're trailing. Uh, you know, they don't cheat for offense. They realize what what has to be done defense first and things will start to go with all the, the talent that they have on the roster. And to answer your second question, the one one part of where the Jets are struggling right now is in the face-off circle. So okay. uh, I, I don't know, you know, if there's – Know, face-off wizards out there at the trade deadline they go out and get, but they they need they they got to get better in that department. Whether or not they get that, or but I, I think seriously, you, I think you got to have a little more depth up the middle. Um, clearly, you know that trade you you, you trade Pierre Luc Dubois to the Los Angeles Kings and bring in three players, but I think you're kind of missing a second center at this point. Vladislav Nemestikov's done a great job. Uh, centering the second line, but I think as the things wear down here, I think you, you probably should look at getting a number two center. It's kind of surprising, you know. Shifley's decent in the draw. Lowry should be a good faceoff guy. Why the struggles? Yeah, he, yeah. Lowry, Adam Lowry's doing a great job in the faceoff circle. It's just, you know, Mark Shifley is pretty good. It's not is not his forte though. And I think where one of the one of the problems with the Jets, their power play isn't really excelling at the moment is losing draws, right? You're, you're not getting possession off the face-off. And Mark Shifley's forte is not his face-offs. And sure, he's going to work on it a little bit. Um, but I think you, you, you certainly need that help in that department. Now, Rasmus Kapari is pretty good in that department, but he's been hurt for an extended period of time here. Uh, David Gustafson has been the, sa- the fourth-line center. Um, right now, it's Dominic Toninato who's doing an adequate job there. But you need somebody that's very reliable, and I don't think the Jets have that right now. And I feel like I'm nitpicking because of how well they're playing. But as you get down you yeah, know, yeah. to March and April after the trade deadline, when things it starts getting harder to win, and again on the power play, you need to have puck possession. Um, and certainly that's something in a department they need help in. I look at uh, at Winnipeg, and you know they, they've got Hellebuck. Um, you know, Morrissey yeah. now has turned into, I think, a legit top pairing defense, but I don't think there's much debate mm-hmm. on that. Um, and they're, what's impressive about this is there's no Kyle Connor right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's nuts, isn't it? And I think, and he, look at the beginning part of the year, they lost Gabriel Velarde, and it was supposed to be Kyle Connor, Mark Scheifele, and Gabriel Velarde on the top line. That was what the number one line was penciled in as, and they haven't had that opportunity. So when Velarde came back, Nikolai Ehlers was lighting it up on the top line, so they had they had to slowly bring in Bellardi with the game against the Oilers. Um, that he made his return, um, and then then Kyle Connor gets hurt, so you haven't really been able to see what you want from that top line. And certainly, that's probably helped uh, not help the power play either. Never having Kyle Connor and Gabe Bellardi together for an extended period of time, so it, the. The fact that they keep defending first and then just finding offense a little bit later has been so impressive. And, you know, you can look up and down the roster and, and you said, I think you can say you probably can't lose Connor Hellebuck for an extended period of time because Lauren Brassois has been great, but, I, you know, hasn't been proven to be number one guy. And you can't lose Josh Morrissey would be a, a huge loss if that ever came down. And I don't think he could survive without Mark Shifley. So they, I don't want to say they've been fortunate, but they've been able to survive without now Kyle Connor for an extended period of time. Looks like he'll be out until after the All-Star break. And then they survive without Gabriel Bellardi for a long time, too. So the depth of the team, especially up front, Jason, from that trade with, with Los Angeles, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's been so huge because they were top six heavy, I felt, for the, for the longest time. 
and now I think they can survive, you know, and they've proven it that they can survive in, in injuries. Now you don't want to go in the playoffs without Kyle Connor or Gabe Velarde, anybody. But uh, so far, so good in that department. Jamie Thomas joins us talking uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, like the Oilers, uh, they are uh, two of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League the last two months, uh, tied for the most wins since Remembrance Day. And the Jets 8-0-2 in their last 10 games, and most of that without Kyle Connor, which is, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know what? There, there's always a few surprises on a team when they start rolling mm. like this. Who who have been the guys? Like obviously, you expect certain play. Like you expect Hellebuck to play well, so him playing well isn't a shock to me, Jamie. But who's yeah. kind of elevated their play here the last few months in, in Winnipeg that maybe above the level people were expecting? Well, I think you can look right now at the fourth line because I know this is just a short period of time since the Christmas break. They, they do call it Dominic Tonyanotic because David Gustafson is hurt, and the fourth line of Axel Jones and Fialbi. Uh, Dominic Toninato and Morgan Barron have scored in five straight games. And I, I don't think many teams can say, hey, my, our fourth line has scored in five straight games, <laughs> but they've been the beneficiary of that so far. Uh, I still don't, like, I, I know I kind of knocked last on the mess call a little bit earlier. I just think that wherever the Jets put him, he has been sneaky good. Like, it just, the, the, where they put him in the second power play, he provides, he kills penalties. I just, a guy that literally you move up and down the lineup and he, and he does something. So, again, face-off not his his strength, but everywhere else, steady defensive play in his own end. I just think there's an underappreciation for Vladislav Nemestnikov on the Winnipeg Jets out maybe. You know, the fans are kind of catching on a little bit here, and certainly organization-wise, they, they appreciate everything that number seven brings. But I think he's been sneaky good. And then outside follow, I think, you know, he, people have appreciated him, and he filled in for Gabriel Velarde in the top line for a little bit after Velarde went out in October. But, man, that guy has got a great stick, and he's one of the best guys at forcing turnovers. He knocks the puck out of that midair. Uh, he comes in with a, a, a good – you know, he's the Los Angeles Kings, who the Oilers know very well. Great defensive structure with the old 1-3-1 um, in, in the, in, through the neutral zone and the defensive style of play. So he leaves a defensive-minded team and comes to Winnipeg where Rick Bonus and Scott Arneal and company have been trying to drill into everybody, defense first, defense first. So to me, outside follow has been pretty sneaky good. I, I, I knew he was okay, and um, but I really appreciate what he has brought to the Winnipeg Jets. So there's Nemestikov and, and uh, Alex I follow to me, two guys that uh, aren't getting enough attention, as I think they should. February 20th. All of a sudden, it's the rivalry didn't know we needed, but it's here. Winnipeg and Minnesota. Like, I'll be honest. Like, hey, I know Ryan Hartman's cheap. That's what he is. Uh, yeah, I, it, was, yeah. it was a cheap shot. It was far from dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I loved uh, Mike Russo's article. I'm sure you read it today. Basically, you know, Hartman yeah. saying, yeah, Cole Perfetti was mic'd up, and he kept trying to bait me into saying I did it on purpose. Kept asking me multiple times, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a cheap move. And then he, and then I'm not a big fan of what happens on the ice. It's said for somebody to spill it into the media. I know it's great. Yeah. For the for the stuff, but I wouldn't do it personally. But man, I'm yeah. telling you, I already looked it up to say, okay, when do these two teams play next? And man, that is going to be one of the best nights in Winnipeg because I'm pretty sure the game's in, in the peg on the 20th. Yeah, it's it's it, by far that's you could say Vegas a little bit, and I and I love the emotions that come through when Edmonton and Winnipeg play. But man, like just. You look back to last year when the Jets needed two points to clinch a playoff spot, and they go into St. Paul, and they get a big 3-1 win, and Adam Lowry has to fight at the end. Uh, a big scrap there, too. And just the two teams and the the fan bases don't like each other. There's been a lot of going back and forth on Twitter right now with the, the media and uh, the fans about the Ryan Hartman incident, too. So 
uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It's it's been the most. It's never boring. It was great they had that home and home two matinee games um, right after or right after the holidays, leading up to the New Year's. And uh, man, it's it's rare in a regular season you're you're looking and trying to circle a game a little bit later. But that's certainly going to be the case when Minnesota and and Winnipeg get back together for a third time. JT, always good to catch up with you, man. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to when the Jets and the Oilers play. Man, it'd be nice. I know they don't mean anytime soon, but uh, both teams rolling. It's too bad. It'll probably be a really good game right now. I know, I know, but they always are. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. Again, I, that's nothing, nothing new in that department. So yeah, looking forward to that. And thanks for having me on, man. Have a great weekend. You betcha. That's uh, Jamie Thomas uh, joining us from uh, Winnipeg. The uh, Jets are rolling. Everybody's talking about Dallas and Colorado. Don't sleep on the Jets, and they're doing it without their guy. Kyle Connor had 17 goals for the Jets when he went down with that injury, and he's been out a month. And they just keep rolling. I like what he said. They're fourth line. All they are is now they're the goal of game line for the Jets. Obviously, it's not sustainable long term, but it's a great thing short term. I will come back. Uh, Cam Tate, Laurieann Munzer, and more on a busy Pause of Friday edition of the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 2.45. Welcome back. How are you? It's Pause of Friday. The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And of course, uh, every Friday and uh, Monday, it is time for the two-minute warning with uh, Cam Tate. Let's get to the Tate, man. Thanks there, Big J. Today's topic... Something you cannot describe. Fast Eddie here, reading what's-his-name Cam Tate's words. For those old enough to be in the Edmonton Oilers dressing room on a big night when Wayne Gretzky gave the scorekeeper writing cramps because number 99 was lighting the lamp like nothing like it. On November 19th, 1983, Gretzky scored eight points in a 13-4 to romp over the New Jersey Devils. Then, not even two months later, on January the 4th of 1984, Gretzky had another eight points when the Oilers beat the Minnesota North Stars 12-8. to I was at both games, and I remember when Gretzky was interviewed by reporters, it was there, that feeling of great accomplishment in the air. Players were happy, dancing, singing, and other joyous celebrations. Everyone felt it. Sure we did, because we were amongst greatness. Because people who do unbelievable magical things and showing us their God-given talent. Night after night after night. Make us pay attention here, Sparky. Want to be better. I've been blessed to have through the good fortune of being a reporter covering some unbelievable things. Even more unbelievable people. And that feeling, that experience, never gets old. And so Tuesday night, shortly after 9.30, I was in the Euler room listening to Connor McDavid addressing the media after a five-point night in a five to win over the Philadelphia Flyers. That feeling was the same. It was the same as it was almost 40 years to the date when Gretzky had eight points against Minnesota. Sure, I'll look for it Saturday night when the Oilers look to put another log on the fire in their recent heater, which should the Oilers beat the Ottawa Senators... There's something in the air, certainly, for the Edmonton Oilers and their fans. Will it amount to something great? We'll find out. But it's something we all can experience with great hope. The two-minute warning with Cam Tate. Mondays, Fridays, Jason Gregor Show, Sports 1440. Well, Carter McDavid, five-point game. Pretty special game, really, when you think about it. Uh, he's uh, he's tied for 10th in uh, five-point games uh, and I'm sorry, he has 10 five-point games. He's now tied with Joe Sackick and uh, Bobby Orr. Uh, Joe Sackick played 1,300 games. Uh, McDavid's played 602. So uh, you know he's going to be getting uh, more of those uh, moving forward. He is a he's a he is a legit generational talent. You could uh, you could argue he is um, he's more than that. And uh, 
Oiler fans pretty lucky to watch him. I think NHL fans overall pretty lucky to watch him. Uh, we welcome into the show today. She is a Olympic gold medalist, also uh, a mental coach now, and uh, she is the uh, co-host Monday mornings here on Sports fourteen forty with Kevin Carrius, and uh, joins us every Friday. Lori Ann Munzer, Lori Ann, how you doing? Terrific. Happy Friday, Jason. Happy how are you? I am. I am great. Uh, excited. Lots to, to discuss. And, and today I want to talk about, um, you know, we talk a lot in this segment about the mental toughness part of it because, you know, the old adage was, hey, it's, you know, 5% uh, physical, 95% mental. People have a different percentage on what they want, but it definitely plays a huge part of sports, but also in life. And it was interesting. Stuart Skinner yesterday kind of made a comment. Hey, man, it's an honor when they're chanting your name or booing your name. They're saying your name. And so, you know, when they're booing, maybe you don't love it in the moment, but it's still like they know who you are. That's a pretty big thing. And, you know, he talked about how, you know, in the moment, maybe it's not great, but then you move past it. Right. And I think in life, a lot of us struggle. Like I know people that, you know what, they're in love and all of a sudden they get broken up with and they're like, oh, I'm never loving again. And they'll like, they'll go years where they can't get over it. Right. And so in sports, there's a tough loss and, you know, some people can't get over it or somebody says something bad and and they just let it fester. What What's your advice on on how people can move on from those crushing losses, whether it's in your personal life or in sports? Like, how do you train yourself to to mentally move on from it? It's a tough one. It's really hard. And you have to just go, what's the lesson here? Because if it keeps happening over and over and over again, there's something there that maybe is being missed and it might be worth it to go back and take a look at it and go, what the heck is going on? And just press pause on your movie as you're writing your life and experiencing it and just go, okay, where have I been? What's been working? What's not working? And then more importantly, I think is be grateful for those experiences because with those lessons, you're going to learn more, believe it or not, when it's tough, when it's hard or in sports, when you're losing than when you're winning. Because if you're winning all the time, all the time, all the time and not pausing and going, hey, how can we actually improve? There's no challenge. And part of the challenge is to grow. It's like, what are you learning? But when it gets really hard is when you find out all of the essence of what it is that you're made up of. What do you believe in? What do you value? What's most important? What, where do you really want to go with this? And you got to pause and, and take a look at it and go, okay, am I going to change this? Or am I going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again? Well, it's interesting you say that because I know um, for a lot of people, you know, they when you call it to relationships or maybe even at work, right? She's I keep, you know what, uh, I've gotten let go at a few places or I'm never happy at work. Yeah, but you're the constant, right? Even in relationships, if you're dating Sarah and Julie and, and Sam and then all of a sudden you're, you're you know, or whether whatever, then you're dating Paul, Peter and Mike. But don't, don't forget Mary. Sure, Mary. Um, either way, a lot of people end up choosing the same person with a different name. Yes. Right. And but they're it's really they have to look within. So how do you look within? What's the first step to really looking within? Because I think for athletes, sometimes you have to look within to say, okay, what I'm doing isn't right. But how do I change it? Like, it's easy to say I want to change it. So what's the first step to look internally to make that change? What do you want? 
That's the first question you have to answer. Most people never, ever answer that question. What do I want? What do you want? Hmm. Okay, here's the thing. I've got Aladdin's lamp in my backpack here today. I brought it into the station. I don't know if you know that. What are you, a genie now? Are you going to be... Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm going to grant you three wishes, and I'm going to grant all of our listeners three wishes. I know it's past Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's past January 1st. But if you could have three wishes of anything that you want... What would you want? So I, I would, for, to, to me, it's interesting because people always say world peace. Well, the problem with wishing for world peace is you, you know, you have such a small input. To me, if I was going to wish for something, I want to wish for something that I could have control over, that it's possible to me, right? Okay. Um, so let me change the question because you said, well, I wish for, what do you want? If you could have three concrete things. What do I want? What would you want? Well, number one, I would want to be able to shave my head today. That would be the first thing that I would oh, want. Oh, go get the clippers. Yeah, well, I know. But then I would be dishonoring something, so I can't. Okay, but I'll hold it, tight. Uh, if, so I guess I would want a time machine then, right? Because then I could move ahead a month and then it would be done. Um, okay. I would want, and I actually just, you know, and I've started it, but I want to uh, work out consistently more again. I had a had an issue with my calf, and now it's fine. And so I've said I want to get back to three days a week, right? And I wanted to set a number that I felt was realistic to, to obtain early on. So that's one. For, okay. That's two, I guess, for sure. And then the third one would be? A new bicycle? Um, no, nah, I don't want a new bike. No. I, you know what? I, would, I want a new hockey stick. Mine's older than dirt. Mm. Okay. okay. And I could go buy the hockey stick, so that's pretty easy. Right now, and the the three day workout thing is just a commitment to doing it, right? Like, because a lot of people, like it's January now. How many people have made a New Year's resolution about they want to lose weight or they want to work out? And literally by January twentieth, it's gone. Right, happens all the time. We've so, already lost twenty five percent today. Yeah, right. So you say something is one thing. Mm-hmm. How do you ensure that you hold yourself accountable? What are the tips to holding yourself accountable? Great question. I always say write it down. Because then you're 50%, you're halfway there to achieving it already. So we can think about it. Okay. And most people don't think about it. They just go out and jump on the bandwagon. If you take a moment and think about it, what is it that you want? And then you start writing it down, you're halfway there. The next part is create a plan for the week, Monday through Sunday. Or if you work uh, Sunday to Saturday. I work Monday to Saturday, Sunday. Write down... And figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to execute it for the next seven days. And then when you get to Sunday or day number seven, take a look back and go, what was great? What worked? What didn't work? Are there any gaps? Did I fall off the bandwagon? Okay, fine. Get up today. Start again. And then what would you shift or change? Did you start out and go too hard? Okay. Um, if you said, I want to walk an hour every day and you only got out once. Okay, well, let's take a look at it. Go maybe 10 minutes is better or 15 minutes. Everybody goes, oh, I could do 15 minutes. Okay, well, then chart 15 minutes and then go and put the check mark. At the end of the seventh day, take a look back and go, how consistent was I? Did I hit four days out of seven? Did I hit seven out of seven? Did I hit two or three? And you're going to figure out what's working and what's not working. And then... Once you make that a habit for about four to six weeks, only then I would say, let's add something else or lengthen it a little bit more. And I wouldn't add more than five minutes because everybody will go, okay, I'll double the time. But realistic, there's going to be a bunch of other things coming up that is like, yeah, it's not going to happen. And I would rather have you be consistent. And I call them the three L's. You do a little bit, lots of time 
over a long period of time. Those are the three L's. And that's repetition. The three right? L's. Three mm. L's for Lorianne. Oh, okay. The three L's. Right? A little bit. Yeah. Lots of time. Like lots of reps. Yeah. Over a longer period of time. Right. But I read a book about habits. I'm reading a book right now about talked about habits. And it said, you know, for a lot of people, you, you can make a goal of trying to improve by 1%. Mm-hmm. Every day. And if you do that over the course of a year, you'll be 37 times better at whatever thing you're trying to do. But you'd have to do it to improve 1% now. Some people say, well, eventually there's going to be a ceiling. And it was interesting when they say that because I look at Zach Hyman and Zach Hyman, I'm, I'm trying to bring this back to sports, but Zach Hyman career high was 21 goals before it came to Edmonton. Then it went to 27. Then it went to 36. Now he's on pace for 52. Now, So even if he gets to 45, that's still another career best. Mm -hmm. And I asked him what he's been working on. And he says, well, for me, I know where I score most of my goals from. So that's what I work on the most. I'm not wasting time in practice focusing on long shots because 95% of the shots I take are from within 10 feet. So that's what he works on. And then he not only just works on shooting, he works on, okay, I watch video. How can I get the goalie to move so it's going to increase my chances of scoring? Yep. Right. And it was fascinating. And, and that's how you improve, even after being in the NHL for 10 years. Yep. If you want to keep improving, you have to look because I think sometimes people, oh, you got to have a well-rounded game. But they end up wasting time working on things that ultimately they're probably not going to use on the day of competition. Exactly. And you spend so much time working on things that are not going to serve you. So if you pick something that is something you love to do, because that's a component too that's really important, is if you're doing the stuff you love to do, Jason, it's not work. It's fun. You're excited about doing it. You want to do more of it. You want to go longer. You want to spend more time. You want to bring your friends in, right? And when it's fun, it's not work. But if you're having to work on all the crappy stuff that's just not working or that you're not really good at... What are you doing? Lorianne Munzer joins us. And we have people texting, guys, it's easy to say, go do the things Lori says, but most people can't do it from Frank. Well, Frank, I think you're probably, well, I wouldn't say most people can't do it. Most people choose not to do it because it's, change is hard, right? Like if you want to, if you want to lose even 15 pounds, that means you got to change your eating habits, probably change your exercise Actually, habits. Actually, you don't have to. You don't have to? No. If you just took 50% of the butter... 50% of the salt, 50% of the junk. But isn't that still changing your habits though? I know, but it's not as much. Like, yeah, okay. Like it's not, I'm eliminating something. Yes, I agree. I remember like when I eliminated certain things from my diet, I started craving some really crazy stuff and it was because my body was missing, you know, the the sugars, the carbohydrates. Um, and and it, it took me a bit to figure that out. But if you start to create that awareness, what am I doing? So that's the same thing as we were talking about. I'm the common denominator of success or failure if things aren't working out is what are you actually doing? Because if you don't know, you can't change anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense for sure. So yeah, like cutting it down doesn't mean you have to cut it out, right? It's cutting it down, um, walking, exercise, the combination. And like if anybody wants to get a six pack, because I know I tried really hard for a few years and I just, it came down to the point. I was like, well, eventually I was like, well, why am I doing this? Because there's, there's really no physical benefit for me. I wanted to look in the mirror once and say, oh, hey, I had it. But it was such the last like half of inch was so strict on, you know, beans and chicken and everything else. I was just like, well, there's no enjoyment in my life. So I'm like, I'm out. Right. Yep. And, and then I and, and that kind of had to grieve it. But I was like, well, who cares? Because really, I was only doing it to want to look in a mirror. And, and I said, so then when I do it once, then what happens? Well, I'm not going to maintain it. So what the hell is the point? Yeah. Right, so I, I I look at things and say, okay, I want to maintain, you know, 
a certain level of strength because I think that's beneficial long term to me. Yes. Yep. No. And, and that you, you touch on a really good component because if it's not making you happy, if you if if you're not in love with the idea, why are you doing it? If you, if you don't like working out, don't go work out. Let's do something else. Let's figure out something else that you love to do. Because when you've got figured out, why do I get up at quarter to five every morning? Why do I go to bed? Sometimes it's really late and I still get up at quarter to five. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Because I love my morning routine. It's just, that's what just lights me up and when you speak to people you know look at connor look at you know skinner different ways of looking at things but there's something that lights them up that Mm -hmm. they go i'm just doing this yeah regardless of what's going on yeah that that's the key is to find find a way to make it that you enjoy because if you hate working out like you literally hate it and you tell yourself you hate it well then eventually you're going to stop doing it yeah and it's not going to be beneficial like you can never ever get that time back again so why not do something different but something that you love to do that could give you like similar same or even more benefits and if you're happy doing what you're doing it's a no gamer it like you're done awesome Lorianne great stuff as always Uh, have yourself a great weekend and you too enjoy the lamp Uh, that is Lori and Munzer when we return Steve Steos the new GM of the Senators joins us after a Connor Halley Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering specializing in all your residential commercial and industrial structural engineering needs go to BIEENG.com hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.